0: Dwayne, as the ushers are coming forward, you all can pass your um, your cups to the end, and they will be by to collect your cups from you. So, uh, wow, what an amazing morning with the Lord so far, huh? And with each other. And uh, I just want to thank you for being here today. Thank you for your receptivity to hear from the Lord, but also just your your worship to the Lord as well. And if you're visiting with us for the first time, thank you for being here. We're excited to have you. Um, as a matter of fact, I just have one request. If you are with us today, first of all, just feel free to continue in worship today and to receive. And uh, we're we're kind of a loving church. You probably figured that out uh, at greeting time. Um, I recognize that there are some folks who are, you know, you're germaphobe, right? We could all be that way at times, but we do. We love to, to love one another, and so. But how I usually say that is, we'll give a handshake, we'll give a fist bump, or we'll give a hug, depending on what level you're at. Be comfortable, feel free with that. Some of it's just a fist bump, some it's a full-on handshake or or a hug, but we do. We love God, and so thank you for being here. On your bulletin, you'll notice there's a little card there, and this is just for me. If you could fill that out and maybe put some contact information, if you're comfortable with that, one, I want to give you my information in case you have any questions, or um, just I want to be able to send you a note of thanks again as well, so thank you for being here. Um, one of the things that I appreciate about abundant life is, other than the fact we just we love God, we love people, um, we love our church family. And this week we've had many opportunities to pray over our church family. There's been quite a few needs. Um, you know, Christians, we we don't um, we are not exempt from difficulties. We're not exempt from sicknesses. We're not exempt from just the hard decisions in life. But what we know is, one, we have a God who will go through it with us. And we have a family of believers who will be there to either have a a shoulder to cry on or just an encouraging word to be able to give. So just continue to pray. A few things I just want to mention in case you don't get the emails. I want you to be aware of this. If you're not getting the emails, please let me know. I send them out usually weekly of ways that you can pray, events that are coming up. I'll have details about the Mother's Day thing that's coming up. Uh, next Sunday. Uh, So anyway, if if you're not getting my emails, just let me know. Give me your email address and I'll add you to the list. But uh, Jen and Matt Starring have traveled up to New York. Jen lost her brother. He passed in his sleep um, Friday morning around, well, they, I think all the news started to get out around lunchtime on, on Friday. So they're in New York, continue to pray for them. Eli is recovering well at home. He had a huge polyp that was removed from his sinuses, and Allison texted me this morning and said that it was one of the best night's sleep he's had, just uh, freedom from that. So um, it was, I'm not, I'm not going to go into details because it was pretty nasty. But he's just, he's able to breathe. And so thank God. And, and the recovery, the doctor was amazed at the recovery uh, of, of Eli because it's supposed to be pretty complicated. But God and, and praying of, of his people. We're going to pray for Christine's sister who's getting ready to have uh, surgery. I just lost Christine. Uh, there she is, way back there. Um, Dora is recovering. The Stows, we're lifting you and your sister up, Mr. Stowe. And, of course, the grandkids and the kids and the great-grandkids. Um, just as they continue to minister health to his mom. And uh, we've been praying for our neighbor. Um, actually, it's our neighbor's sister who's over by Jerry's garage that's over there. There's just so many people that we need each other. We need prayer. We need the Lord. And so I'm, I'm thankful that we can pray for one another and, and share exciting news, too. Christian graduated yesterday from Ignite Academy. <laughs> So, Stasha and I went up there with Kevin and Lisa and uh, were able to celebrate in that. Now, here's the thing. Here's what's hilarious. So, Christian got to walk the platform and on the inside, because he's still got some classes to take, you know, but yesterday was graduation and it was just a form that said something to the effect of, as long as you finish your classes, you'll get your diploma in the mail. <laughs> so, but you have pictures, right? So, that's all that really matters. You have pictures saying that it happened, but really proud of you, buddy. And we have uh, some other, who else is graduating this year? Chloe's graduating this year, Brad is graduating this year, so we'll be celebrating all of you probably in June. We'll have to wait for, you know, well, I guess everybody's home, but we'll, we'll, we'll celebrate you guys in June, and uh, I, I just, man, I love the family, I, I, I do, I love the family of God. Well, let's get into our series here, uh, just in the remaining moments that we have. Um, it's called, Is That You, God?, You ever wonder if you're hearing the voice of God or not? You're not sure if it's the voice of God. I've been there so many times. Uh, Often the voice of God comes in so many different uh, arenas. You know, the voice of the Holy Spirit, when we sense the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, it's the voice of God. We also heard that uh, with the Gideons that the, the, the biggest way I feel that we hear the voice of God is through His Word. He wrote it thousands of years ago so that we would have this Word as a book to be able to go back to, not only to know who God is, but to discover how We hear His voice, and last week we talked about wise counsel, having people that have been there, have done that, who are believers and have a proven reputation that they follow the Lord and they hear the Lord, so we seek after wise, godly advice. That's another way uh, that that we hear the voice of God. Um, This is not going to be a sermon series, but um, uh, uh, one of the topics that we're going to do, but next week Stasha is going to be sharing with us, not necessarily in this realm, um, but God often speaks to me through my wife. Um, She is so in tune with the Holy Spirit, and I encourage you spouses, listen to what God is saying through your wife. Listen to what God is saying through the voice of your husband. Oh, elbows flying everywhere. (laughs) Specifically, Lisa. (laughs) Apparently, you need to listen to Doug. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, the other way around. Okay, yeah. But be in prayer for one another. Constantly be praying. Men, I want to encourage you. Yes, this is going to be me talking to the guys. Pray for your wives out loud. Amen. Pray for them. Pray for them. You will find such an amazing, and when I say the word intimacy, I, I mean closeness in your marriage that you have never experienced before. Pray for your wives, if, for those of you who are married, and those of you who one day hope to get married Pray for whoever it's going to be. <laughs> Lord, that's what I tell the 20-somethings who come over to our house, right, Wyatt? We have these guys. Lately, our, our Monday motivation, we have those who are, you know, twenties in their 20s, they come over to our house the last Monday, fourth Monday uh, of the month, and we just talk about the sermons. We, we talk about life, and, and it helps Stasha and I to feel young. But I'm like, hey, look around this table, guys. It's all men, the last two or three that we've had. It's all men. You better start praying, <laughs> <laughs> you better start praying. So anyway, it's, it's very important. But that's one of the ways that I hear the voice of God as well is, is through my wife. But I do. I want to know the voice of God. I want to hear it. I want to know that the direction that I'm going in life is the direction that God has for me. I want to know that the things that I am speaking, especially in this light, especially when I am at home with my family, that I'm speaking God's will that I'm speaking His Word. That's things I want to be assured of, and, and I want you to be assured of that as well. So that's why we're taking time to go through these, this series, because there are seasons where it is so difficult to hear God. In the heated moments when, when the boss is irrational, in the moments when the spouse is just not listening, in the moments when the kids are a holy terror, in the moments when the parents just aren't listening, in the moments of you fill in the blank, God, okay, I need to stop and I need to hear your voice. Today what we're going to talk about is this, the voice of spiritual authorities. And this is something that I don't like talking on because I fill the role of a spiritual authority, right? I fill a role. I am, I am one you know, of, of whoever God has put in your life. So I want you to listen to this, because as I'm bringing this out, I want you to understand that I have many spiritual authorities. And I go to them a lot. And I say, hey, listen, this is what I'm facing. Can you help me pray through this? What are you sensing? What was your experience? And I submit myself a lot to my spiritual authorities. So let's get into this today. And, um, of course, you know my heart. You know I'm not the type of guy, right, that just flaunts the authority that God has given me. I've just never been that way. But at the same time, for pastors, um, we need to, one, recognize the authority that God has given us, but at the same time, be able to deliver that in love, to deliver that with a heart of uh, helping us grow. Because here, let me, let me tell you where I am with my spiritual authorities. I want to know that I have an umbrella and a covering over me that one is going to correct me when I need to be corrected, two is going to encourage me when I need to be encouraged, and three that occasionally will need to point me in the right direction because I've lost my way. We all need this in, in our lives. At your place of employment, you probably have a chart of who is in charge. Small businesses may not have that, depending on how big your business is, but there's still an authority that's there. Uh, it's true in our homes, you know, typically uh, the way God has set up, there is a spiritual authority, not, not the ruler with the scepter of the remote. We're not, you know, us, us guys, you know, we're not that type of authority, but there is a weight that we carry, a responsibility, an umbrella of covering that we have over our families. So there's all kinds of spiritual authorities. And before I go on, I want to, this is not one of my points today. But I just really felt impressed as I was sitting here, here to bring this out. And I want to, again, I'm talking to those of you who are dads, those of you who are husbands. And one of you, you know, one day, I keep picking on Wyatt because he's up front. He's going to be a husband. He's going to be a dad one a day. So take, take some mental notes, uh, all those of you who are, who are not yet married. But we have got to take our role seriously in a spiritual sense, We can provide so many things for our kids, yet neglect the most important thing, which is their spiritual well-being. We can provide a great home for our wife, a a nice car for her to drive, um, you know, all the security in the world that she would ask for, but neglect the spiritual thing. So husbands, I want to speak to you today. Dads, I want to speak to you just for a moment. Take your role seriously. Be sure that your kids are being fed the Word of God, not on a weekly basis, on a daily basis that they are receiving God's Word. It's a serious role because let me tell you why it's a serious role. At this point, especially if they're little and they're not out of the house, you really are responsible in the direction that they go. Now, do kids always choose the right path? No, not always. We understand that as well. So um, we, we we understand that. We understand some of you may have been the one who didn't choose the right path, but now you're back in your relationship with the Lord. But here's what, here's what I understand. As a spiritual authority in my home, I'm at least responsible to present the message of Jesus Christ. Take that role seriously. And that's just my encouragement uh, to the guys today. And now let me get back into the rest of us here and, and back to my notes. But I, I want you to receive that this morning. But who are the authorities? I didn't say spiritual. But who are the authorities in your life? This is where I get the feedback. Who, who are some authorities that you have? Right? Parents? Hannah's like, well, I hate to do this, but it's my parents. Yeah. No, you're you're good. Mentor. Mentors. Pastor, thank you. Tony Stewart. <laughs> who's who's your who's your Roger Pensky? Who's your authorities? bosses. I was kind of giving you that. Yeah. I look at some of our small business owners back here who own their own business. Who's your authority at times? Whoever shows up. That's exactly right. The customers. We all have these, uh, so to speak, these authorities in our life. We all have the folks who we're, in a sense, we're responsible to. I wrote down parents, bosses, government, police, customers, spiritual authority. Everyone has a spiritual authority, but this is what I want to see. Ultimately, the authority goes back to God, even if that politician doesn't follow the Lord, right? Because the Bible tells us that God has put these folks in authority for a reason or for another. It may be to direct the ultimate plan that he has, but they are authorities In our lives. So all authority is put there by him, and we may not like it, but that's the reality of it. So for this series, we want to focus on spiritual authorities, though, as we continue to go forward. Because why? We're talking about hearing the voice of God. And I may not be able to hear the voice of God through a, we'll call it a secular authority, but maybe I can. But hopefully, the people that I have placed in my life, I can trust that they are speaking the words of God. Now here's another thing that I understand. Lately, people who fill the role that I fill, whether it be a pastor or a church leader or uh, an evangelist, a or, or, you know worldwide known, uh, recently the church has had several moral failures that have happened on the upper level, you know, we'll call it that. There's been quite a few moral failures that have happened. Uh, The churches, different denominations have been rattled because of, you know, sexual misconduct and all these different things. There's been so many affairs, even in evangelical uh, circles. And so it can kind of rock our, our idea of spiritual authorities, Why would I follow so and so if they can't even keep their own life right? And that's a very valid question. We have to choose wisely. And we also have to understand this that just because a spiritual authority has failed doesn't mean that everything that they taught was bad. Look at King David. Talk about, I was just reading about him this morning. He was a man, he failed big time, but God still used him, and God turned his life around. So, while we may understand that if there is a failure we may not follow anymore, that doesn't necessarily negate the fact that they taught the Word of God, right? So, we all we all understand that sin does have to be punished, and there's a price that has to be paid, but my point is this. Our view of authorities can be rocked because of all the moral failures, but this is where I pray for my spiritual authorities. I pray for folks like Dell Jenkins and John and Helen Jenkins who were here earlier this week. I pray for my supervisors, for Glenn Burris, who's the president of Foursquare. I pray for them constantly because I know that they are coming under attack from the enemy. Because the Bible also says this, um, and I didn't look this one up, it just came to me, but strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. I think that's somewhere in the Bible. Uh, strike the shepherd and the, and the sheep will scatter. What does that mean? That means if there is a moral failure of a spiritual leader, it's going to discourage the people. So I'm going to pray for my leaders that there's no temptation that comes against them that they can't conquer. Because Paul also talks about this. Pray for those who who watch over your life. Pray for spiritual life that we're talking about here. So let's focus on our spiritual authorities. And again, I want to bring this, this point home. As I teach this as a, quote, a spiritual authority, please understand that I don't take it lightly or with my chest puffed out because here's what the centurion said. I am a man under authority. And I have to understand that as well. Leaders within the church, if this is not your home church, um, same with them as well. Turn with me to Romans chapter 13, and I want us to read here. This is one of the more famous verses that talks about authorities. This is going to talk about governing authorities Um, So let's see what Paul says to the Roman church here as he's writing. And by the way, this one will not be on the screen. So if you have your Bible, whether it be a paper Bible, I encourage you to, again, bring your Bible, bring a journal, bring a pen so you can take notes. If you have a phone or an iPad, I'm I'm fine if you have your phone out during the service. Just take notes. (laughs) Be in the Bible. I have the Bible app that's here, so feel free to follow along with that. But Romans chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Everyone must submit my page just flipped back, to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against, rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. Um, verse 3, for the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities, then do what is right and they will honor you. Here he's talking about government, okay? So I wanted to bring this out. He's establishing a principle here of really right living uh, in, in the world that we live in. Our nation, let's talk about government for a minute, is in an unhealthy revolution against authority. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need to have opinions and if we see something not happening right that we don't say something about it, but, but I'm saying an unhealthy revolution against authorities. And it's in the church as well, uh, including Christians. You know, you'll, you'll see, um, man, just even this morning, I was kind of searching. There's pe- some people that I follow on Twitter, and I get, you know, scriptures from them in the morning. But um, typically, here's what I found. People who are on Twitter in the morning are all Christians. In the afternoon, it's all racing people. That's just the people that I follow. But in the morning, here's what you find. But man, just the back and forth, even among Christians, about you know this and that and even our pol- I don't agree with everything that goes on with politics. Believe me, I don't. But the unhealthy banter that is going on, you know, we're we're called to be that example. We don't blindly follow, but we understand that God has a bigger plan. So while I may not agree with candidate A. While I may not agree with the guy who you know, is in this position on a local level, on a national level, I do have to understand, here's the reality, he is in that position and I'd better pray for him because he's shaping the future for my kids, for me. And I understand that this world is going in a particular direction that will fulfill everything that God has planned, but I'm still responsible to pray and so I'm going to pray. First Corinthians 4:15 says this, this one is up on the screen. if you want to write down 1 Corinthians 4 verse 15 and 16. It says, "For even if you had 10,000 others teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father before, for became, I, I'm sorry, for I became your Father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. So I urge you to imitate me. Now this is Paul talking to the Corinthian church, and it says this, that we hear many teachers of God's Word especially if you listen to podcasts or you listen to the TV or the radio. There are so many teachers of God's Word, even here at Abundant Life. I'm not the only one who teaches here. Thank God for that. Uh, But there there are many teachers that that we have. So we hear this a lot from many different people. But I want to ask you a question, and I'm asking this question of myself. But do you have someone that you willingly submit to and allow them to bring encouragement, rebuke, and instruction in your spiritual life. It's just something to think about. As we're reading God's Word and understanding, especially the the priority in the New Testament and even in the Old Testament, that is put on spiritual authorities, do you have that person who not just teaches you, because I can listen to guys on the radio and on podcasts, but they have no authority in my life. They can't come to me and say, David, how are you dealing with this? David, how, you are, how are you dealing with that? You know, when I go see Pastor Dale, I try to go see him at least once a month. You know, we have some, some good discussions, even on the phone. And he'll ask me, David, how is this going? How, how are you doing? Not how is your church doing? He'll say, how are you doing? Are you reading your Bible? Are you, are you praying for, for your family? Are you praying for your church? Are you committing yourself to developing the things that God has for you? Let me encourage you in this. These are the type of things that Pastor Dell uh, will do with me. So I want to encourage you. Have those people that you willingly submit to and allow them to encourage, rebuke, and instruct you. Because, see, here's Paul's life. He didn't just teach them. He carried the weight of responsibility for them. He, he saw it as a responsibility. Be aware of those who want the authority without the weight of responsibility in your life. Those are the kind of people that I don't want being an authority for me. They want to tell me what to do, but they're not praying for me. Those those are the type of people that can really hurt. Why are we talking about this? Because God often speaks to us through the spiritual authorities He has given us. And again, I'll say this. I may be a spiritual authority in your life. I will say this. I am in the sense that you're sitting here this morning and you're listening to what I have to say. You don't have to necessarily choose to obey it. You you know, obey the words God when I'm saying this. You don't necessarily have to uh, submit your life to where you would come to me and say, Pastor, this is what I'm dealing with in my spiritual life. But I will say this, that God has placed me here for that reason. But not just me. There are elders at this church there are other people who teach the Word of God. There are other leaders. You know, I look back here in our kids' ministry today, and I think Matt and Amanda are back there. You know, they have a role today that, that those kids, man, they look up to Matt and Amanda. They're excited. They are spiritual authorities in their life for this season. I look over here where the babies and the toddlers are. Uh, I was going to say Rachel's over there, but Rachel's back there. She'll be there next service. Um, but the people who are back there this morning, you know, they're teaching even the babies God's word. They're praying over them. Now the babies may not necessarily be able to understand that, but their spirit is being ministered to this morning. There's all kinds of spiritual authorities. God speaks to us through these spiritual authorities. You see, Joshua submitted to Moses. David submitted to Nathan the prophet. We just read about that this morning if you're following the year through the Bible plan. David was king but he submitted to his spiritual authority. Whenever Nathan came to David and said, Hey, there's this guy in your kingdom who went and stole his neighbor's property. And David said, Well, this guy needs to... He's going he's to suffer because of the fact that he took something from one of the subjects here in the kingdom. What did Nathan say? He said, You're that man. You need to repent. And David's like, Oh... <laughs> He had to submit to that spiritual authority. Titus and Timothy, they both submitted to Paul. They were sons in the faith. Samuel developed his ability to hear the voice of God through his authority, Eli. But I want us to look at something for a moment. Turn to 1 Samuel 3 with me. I want us to see how this relationship worked out. Because it was interesting how Samuel was teaching um, I'm sorry, Samuel was learning from Eli how to hear the voice of God, but Samuel was the one who brought rebuke to Eli in this situation. But Samuel was the one who went to Eli. This is the story where um, Samuel's laying in bed, and he hears somebody calling him, and he runs to Eli, and he said, what's going on? What do you need? I didn't call you. So let's, let's see what this story says here. First Samuel chapter 3, we'll start in verse 1. We're talking about hearing the voice of God. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel, let me back up just real quick. Samuel was dedicated to the service of the Lord by his mom. And so he's now living at the temple, serving the priests that are there of the Lord. Okay, so here's Samuel. He's learning everything. So he served the Lord by assisting Eli, who uh, was the priest at that time. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. Underline that if, you have, if you're taking notes and you have your Bible open or highlighted if you're on your tablet. In those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. Can you imagine living in a time where you didn't hear the voice of God? It was just rare to hear God's voice. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the voice of the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. If someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. I'm going to stop right there. This morning, uh, if you have some time later, go on and read through verse twenty-one, and you'll you'll see the whole story uh, as it is written out there. But Eli recognized that the voice of God was being spoken to Samuel, and as the story goes on, it's not good news for Eli because Eli's sons, who were next in line to become priests, and they actually they were serving in the house of the Lord, they were sinning. So God was speaking to Samuel. Samuel had to listen and understand what the voice of the Lord was and what it sounded like. Here's what spiritual authorities do. They help you to recognize the voice of the Lord. That's why it's so important to be at Bible study, so important to to listen to the Word of God, so important to be at church uh, while you can, because we talk about how do you hear the voice of God. It's so important to say, hey, this is something that I'm sensing, going to wise counsel, Right? Again, and here's what we're saying. The voice of of authorities is one way to hear the voice of God. If anyone, let me just throw this in there. If anyone ever comes to you and says, I am God's messenger and you will receive the word of God only through me, run as fast as you can. There are so many cults that have been set up One of the networks right now is talking about all the different cults. But what happens is you'll have the person of God, I'm putting that in quotes, who will come and they will say, this is the word of God, you need to listen to me. You need to listen to what I'm saying. Run, 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 run. The difference in that is I choose to submit to my spiritual authorities, but I also read my word. I also listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and I also seek wise counsel. So again, the voice of authority is one way that we hear the voice of God. And there are those times where we need to say, you know what, can you help me learn the voice of God? Or going to the spiritual authority and saying, man, this is what's going on, and I just don't know which direction to turn. And the trust that God is going to speak to your spiritual authority. And after that person has spoken, search it out in God's Word ask the Holy Spirit, God, is that your word? Because we don't blindly just take things either, right? People have been led astray because of that. I want to make sure that we understand that as well. I value spiritual authority. They help me to hear God. While I understand that authority is not always right because they are human, I still value them. I want to point out these last things real quickly. We're running short on time here. If God often speaks to us through the spiritual authorities he's given, here's some things I need to understand. I need to know who the spiritual authorities are in any given situation. Now, you may say, here, I'm the pastor of the church, so I am always the authority. Well, here's how I look at it. This morning, I was standing back here playing guitar. And Doug was here leading. Last week it was Sarah. And other times it's Allison. In those moments, I am trusting that they are hearing the leading of the Holy Spirit. And we are following. It's, it's quite comical some of the um, practices that we have. Right, Sarah? Some of the practices that we have are like, okay, where we're going to go? And the worship band is like, we're following you. <laughs> because in those moments, the spiritual authority. So I've got to recognize what situation and what setting am I at? We've got to recognize who the spiritual authority is. Now, yes, if there's a question of doctrine or something like that, we ask each other's input, right? We we do all of those things. But whatever the situation is, we have to learn to submit to who that is in that particular situation. When it comes to the matters of abundant life, yes, God has given me the weight of responsibility with wise counsel. See, I understand that as well. When you're looking to your spiritual authority, I want to focus in on that word of responsibility. Is it a title that people are after? Or are they willing to carry the weight of responsibility that goes along with that as well? Now, if you were to invite me to your home, me being the pastor and, you know, pastor of Abundant Life, when I come to your home, I'm not the authority in your house. You are, right? Right? I'm not there. Now, you may ask my opinion on some things, and that's wonderful, but I'm not the authority there. I've had times where I've gone to people's homes, and they honor, and they say, you know, Pastor, will you pray for the meal, all these type of things, and of course I'll do that. But the authority in that home are the people who own that home. Let's talk a moment here, knowing who the people are in any given situation. I want to quickly go over this because, let me say this for a moment. There was a beautiful picture of this. This is the best way that I can describe it. We just recently had a wedding with Rusty and Kelsey. They are all married and happy and all that kind of stuff um, with everything that's going on. Now, Kelsey... Why am I talking about weddings for a moment? Well, we the church is the bride of Christ, okay? So that's why we have this whole idea of marriages. You can take this from me in Stasha's life as well. But when Kelsey was walking down the aisle, she had her she was holding on to her dad's arm. Who was the spiritual authority at that moment of Kelsey's life? It was her dad. It was her daddy. He was the one who was holding on to that. When Stasha was being walked by her dad down the aisle in Ohio at a church called Abundant Life, that's kind of weird, right? Now here we are at Abundant Life. She's walking down this aisle, and her dad is the spiritual authority. He's been the one who has raised her up, you know, who made sure she was in church, all these different types of things. But there came a time where I was standing in the tent and Jerry and Kelsey are in front. Of, yes, Jerry and Kelsey are in front of me. Rusty is standing here. Or in my situation, it was Stasha and her dad, and I was standing here, and the pastor. And the pastor says something like this: Who gives this woman to be married to this man? There was a transfer of authority that happened in that moment. And at that moment, that's when Rusty, you know, he, he because the Bible says this too, this is not a male dominance type of thing. We understand this. Husbands, it's our responsibility, the Bible says this, to present our wives to the Lord spotless, without blemish. That's a big responsibility, isn't it? So we have to recognize at any given moment, who's the authority in this particular situation? There's positional authority. We recognize police and government there's relational authority. Like I said, Pastor Dale, he's no longer my boss, but I still submit to him as an authority in my life. Secondly, choose to walk in unity with your authorities. When you have a disagreement with those authorities, choose to submit. I do this, man, I used to do this all the time. I would not agree with where you know Pastor Gary or Pastor Dale was going necessarily, but I would submit because why? They had the weight of responsibility. I didn't. Come to find out in that situation, were they always right? No, but in a lot of them they were. And I prayed for them. Pray for your spiritual authorities. Pray for them. Finally, oh, oh, two more. Learn from and submit to your spiritual authorities. In the sen- I'm sorry, not submit. Learn and listen to your spiritual authorities. So we want to learn from them. We want to listen to what they have to say. If someone is a spiritual authority in your life, you will listen to their message and their values. Do you have those relationships where you know what the other person is thinking in any given relationship? Doug and I have served together for years. That made us sound old, didn't it? But we typically know what each other is thinking in a given situation. My wife and I have been together for almost 20, July will be 20 years. We know what each other is thinking I'm just a baby, Miss Vicky said. You're just babies, 20 years, You're just little babies. That's true. You learn the person's heart. So we learn from, we listen to those. And finally, value the voice of those who speak into your life, who carry the weight of responsibility. All this is in context of one of the ways we hear God's voice. Do you want to hear God's voice? Read the Word of God. Do you want to hear God's voice? Listen to the Holy Spirit. Do you want to know do you want to hear the voice of God? Listen to those who are wise. Do you want to know what the voice of God is like? At times where it's necessary, submit to the authorities that God has placed in your lives, because God will speak to you through them. I have learned to value those relationships. I really have. They're, they're such valuable relationships. because ultimately, All lines of authority lead to God. All lines of authority lead to God. If I, as an authority of my home, of pastor of the church, if I'm wrong, here's the thing, I'm responsible to God. If you and I don't listen to our authorities, we are responsible to God. I treasure and I value the voice of those God has placed in my life. And I want to encourage you, Do the same thing. You will be surprised at how clearly you can hear the voice of God. But again, as always, go back, measure it up to God's word. Because humans, we make mistakes, don't we? Can we all stand this morning? And I just, again, I want to challenge you in this. As we are closing out in prayer, I want to challenge you to pray that God would teach you to hear his voice whatever way that it is that we've talked about. We've got one more after Stasha speaks next week. We've got one more area that we're going to talk about, and I'm still developing that. Um, that kind of got changed on me this week. I was going to finish with something else, but stay tuned in two weeks, and we'll see where we end this. But Lord, will you help us to hear your voice through any of these areas that we have talked about? God, we want to hear your voice. And Lord, we pray for our spiritual authorities today, whoever they may be. Lord, keep them pure before you. Holy Spirit, convict them to be in your word. Holy Spirit, convict them to listen to that still, small voice. Holy Spirit, help them to seek wise counsel. And God, help me be a person who submits to the authorities that you have placed in my life that I may recognize them, that I may honor them, Lord. Recognizing that you want to speak to me. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that you speak to us. Dwayne's going to close us out here in just a moment, and um, he's going to pray for us. And if you have any need of prayer this morning, please come forward. If you prayed the prayer that Dwayne um, kind of led us in to give your heart to Jesus today, if you've never done that, if you've never given your life to Jesus, you say, you know, I need to repent of sin and follow after the Lord, Dwayne will be here to pray with you. And here's the Word of God is very clear in this, that how you are saved is you believe in your heart that Jesus is God's Son, but you also confess with your mouth. So come down here and say, Dwayne, when you were leading in communion today, I gave my life to Jesus. And Dwayne's got a Bible here; he's going to give you, and we're going to celebrate with you. We had two people this Friday night give their heart to Jesus um, at uh, um, down at Grace Covenant. We went down to hear uh, a guy named Nick, and um, two of our youth went down and gave their heart to Jesus. It was so awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you, God heaven rejoices. So, Duane, will you come on up and and pray for us? Pray us out of here, and I will see you at the back. God bless you. Love you.